You're listening to the Quiet Rebels podcast, the place to be to explore what it means to run an online business when you don't always align with the status quo. I'm your host, Meike Sang, the sustainable visibility mentor, certified trauma-sensitive leadership coach, and podcast guesting strategy trainer. And I'm here to remind you that contrary to what we're taught to believe, you don't always have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. Because if anything, we stand out and make an even deeper difference when we stand up for what we believe in and share who we're supporting along the way. So if you'd like to join me and my guests as we venture into these pretty nuanced conversations where we choose to find the meaning in the messy middles of our entrepreneurial journey, then let me welcome you into the quiet rebellion. Let's get started. So before we start today's episode, I wanted to provide you a contextual trigger warning that there are parts of this conversation where my guest and I do talk about our stories around attempted suicide at some part in our lives. And so if this topic for any reason brings about some tenderness in you, it activates you or even triggers you, then do invite you to be incredibly mindful and gentle with yourself if you do decide to listen. This episode is always going to be here so long as this podcast exists, so if you do want to tune into this episode but just feel like this is not the right time, this will be here for you if you ever decide to come back to listen. Okay, so again, be gentle with yourself and to really tune in to see whether this type of conversation is one you want to listen to today. Okay, all right, let's begin. Hello, wonderful Quiet Rebels. I hope you're doing wonderfully well today. And I'm deeply honored that you chose this episode to tune into because it's a conversation that I could never put words to sometimes. But I knew that it was something that was just there in the undercurrent where I couldn't quite grasp it. And I know now it's because I'm not meant to grasp it. (laughs) I'm meant to reach for it, go towards it myself instead of bringing it to me. And I learned that because of this wonderful human being that I've had the true honor to know since last year and that's my dear friend Natasha Garson Paris who's here with us today to talk about how we can light our own way home. So what I mean by that is if you've ever felt lost and you didn't quite know which direction to go is being able to turn that conversation back towards ourselves, not on ourselves, towards ourselves, where we can learn how we can feel grounded within and find that way so that our sense of belonging isn't just about with other people, but within oneself. And this is completely new territory for me but it's by no means new territory, new territory for Natasha. So welcome to our podcast today. Oh, thank you so much, Meike, for saying those beautiful words. And I 
the feeling is mutual. It is an absolute honor to know you and to be here and to connect with the Quiet Rebels community. Mm, feels really, really, really wonderful in my heart. So this is the second time you've technically been on this podcast. Like the first time we actually um, had this uh, beautiful kind of like a group discussion with uh, Katie Chen Mazara, our dear co-host of the Rooted Revolution Summit. So if any of you attended that summit that we ran at the beginning, uh, towards the beginning of May, yes, Natasha was the one who actually kicked off the summit <laughs> with <laughs> a beautiful conversation around becoming a healed ancestor and what that means for us. And this kind of conversation is by no means a how-to because there is no linear way to approach this. And so Natasha, I'd love to ask you, how did you, like, what brought you here today to even want to speak about this? And like, what was your own journey to becoming a healed ancestor yourself? Mm. Wow. I'm thinking about in this moment that there are so many parts of me that have things to say about how we got here because um, like all uh, in my opinion transformative healing journeys empowerment journeys it's been many many paths many many aspects have brought me here um, one I would say is this sense this desire this yearning deep within me from as long as I can remember but distinctly from five years old onward which is or was is <laughs> continues to, to be about um, a calling to ease suffering and to uh, bring unity joy and thriving and to people and where it's gotten me to that journey, uh, I think the journey had me neglect myself along the way. Um, I, I wanted that mission, I had that yearning, but I forgot myself to be included in um, the experience of unity, the experience of thriving and joy. Instead, what I did was I took on other people's suffering. I thought that's mm -hmm. how I was making it better. And as I went through my journey of becoming a naturopathic doctor and working in various spheres of medicine in the yearning, the desire to ease suffering, I kept feeling like I was heavy with more and more suffering. Mm -hmm. And that I would make small wins and celebrations with individuals. We make it so far and then it would all unravel and there would be a sabotage that would occur. And I just could not understand what was happening. And I could not understand why I was getting to a place of less and less wellness, more and more heaviness, more and more lost, even though I was gaining success and hitting all these milestones. And so that brought me home. I found my way back to, well, I started asking a lot of questions. So questions <laughs> brought me home. Inquiry brought me home. And um, curiosity brought me home and brought me to this point, asking so many questions and my desire to ease suffering and to provide joy brought me here. 
um, to this conversation to explore and expand about um, how I came to declaring to be a healed ancestor and how that declaration has changed me and how I believe that declarations create a world in which you can live into that eases suffering, that provides you joy, that gives you thriving, and that can lead you to experience unity. So many things. I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there, there are a couple of things I want to pinpoint, but I, like, I don't want to interrupt this flow that you that you got into. Like the the kind of visualization exercises and any any type of like meditations you record, I, I would just be so in it. <laughs> because of the way you speak with such conviction and the, the conviction because sometimes when I hear that word conviction it sometimes sounds as if it's from a place of force you know mm -hmm. but when I describe conviction when it comes to you there is this groundedness that you have where you speak from where if you imagine a tree with that's extremely tall but with a small amount of roots the right storm would be able to topple it over but for you, I imagine your roots so deeply embedded into the earth that no storm could knock it over. Because even though on the surface, it may not be the tallest tree in the entire forest, per se, but no one else sees the roots, but you feel it, you experience it, you live it. Mm. And actually, I believe that there is a study that, taught, that um, showed that trees communicate with each other. And I thought oh, yeah. that was so cool, right? They, I believe they lend resources because some, the ones that are taller, for example, they may have more access to sunlight. Um, and for the trees that are kind of like below a certain height threshold, mm -hmm. that they can actually transfer some of that energy to the nearby trees. And I think mm -hmm. that's a beautiful way to kind of, uh, um, to kind of visualize what we can be doing as human beings. Because I know we're not trees, mm -hmm. <laughs> but this journey that you've been on and I, it's what you said earlier about you thought you were helping those around you by taking some of their suffering but that only stripped you further from this joy this thriving that you were yearning to discover to claim and it was only when you actually looked further down like go further upstream as some people say that you actually discovered how to stop polluting that stream in the first place. Mm. And yes, it may be more work at first, but for the long term, it can bring about so much purity. Mm. So I'm honestly not sure exactly where to start. But for those who are listening right now, Natasha, why do you think that they may have been drawn to even listen to this episode today? because the title of this is Lighting Your Way Home. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is that part that's probably, they can't quite put a name to it yet, but they just have this feeling that they need to hear this. What do you think that is? Mm. Well, I'd say you mentioned just a moment ago that I know that we're not trees. And you mentioned also about the sharing of resources and how the tallest trees will be able to 
bring in, absorb um, the nutrient, the nourishment from sunlight, perhaps more than other uh, trees have access or benefit or privilege to receive, but that they're able to share in that resourcefulness. And um, though we may not be trees, I do really believe that we are an ecosystem and that we're perhaps we have forgotten that we are an ecosystem. Now, in that ecosystem, because through naturopathic medicine and my own, you know, rich cultural heritage and um, the teachings and wisdom within um, Asian culture and practices, it was so much about unity and helping one another. And so I thought helping one another meant to share in the suffering. Mm. And I think where I am now and that we're speaking into is that when you're able to call in and draw in your light, when you're able to really connect with your unique purpose within your ecosystem, you are able to nourish and help and serve the others in your ecosystem. Not necessarily by just sharing the toxicity that might be running within the water stream, but to help gather nutrients, bring it into yourself, amplify it within yourself and share it and cleanse and purify for your benefit and for the benefit of all. So I think that that's intriguing for individuals because I believe that somewhere, somehow, I feel like the Quiet Rebels community um, knows this wisdom, knows this wisdom, and feels like it triggers, it ignites a little bit of that inner wisdom within them, may not be the way I explain it, might not be the language they would use to um, uh, resonate with their truth, but I think a part of their own truth gets ignited when we say you can um, bring in your own light, you can shine your own light, you can light your way home, you can hold on to that light within you and illuminate what is who home and expand um, the entire construct and definition of it. But I believe that it begins with you. And I think that perhaps the quiet rebels know that it does begin with them and choosing themselves and honoring the totality of who they are and who they desire to uniquely be in this world. I think this, I, I, I'm feeling an emotional activation from hearing you speak. I think it's no coincidence that a couple of hours before we jumped onto this call, I was with my family and I got to witness firsthand what love looks like for my mom towards my nephew, so her grandchild. And seeing my cousin share how much of a struggle it's been being a mom because she felt like in order to be a good one that she needed to sacrifice everything and she shared how light she felt when she spent a Sunday completely to herself 
going to play tennis, having a solo lunch date, just being away for the first time in three years. Mm. Did she have one day off for herself? And my partner and I were there holding space as she spoke. And when I was just observing the different relationships that we all had with each other and how we interact with the youngest generation, we had um, my little nephews nearly two years old and my other nephews nearly four years old, just watching them play and seeing them interact with everyone that they have their own version of what it means to love. And I couldn't help but question the part of me inside that asked, would I be a good mother still if I loved differently? If I loved others differently, my future child, future children differently than how my family chooses right now. And something that I really appreciate that you speak about very often, as I've gotten to know you, is acknowledging the beauty of our ancestry, but also acknowledging the harm cycles that have come along the way too, and how challenging it can be to kind of break away from those harm cycles without feeling like we're disrespecting or dishonoring all of those who have come before us, who have led us to this point. Yeah. So I'd love to ask, why do you feel that's important to acknowledge both? Mm. I think it's important to acknowledge both because um, I think that in what it takes to acknowledge both is a practice and a um, hesitate to use the word skill set because sometimes that word can be experienced with taintedness, um, but compassion. So to be able to acknowledge both requires, in my opinion, compassion, the practice of compassion, the, the practice of being compassionate toward oneself, to be able to witness the shadow humanness aspect of us and the other aspect of us that is our favorite version of us or um, our most generous version of ourselves, our, um, yeah, the fullness of who we are, the beauty. And so I think that when we can do it for ourselves, we also need to acknowledge the, where we originated from, who made us. In my culture, we often talked about this, remember where you came from. So on mm -hmm. the success path, remember your roots, remember where you came from. And I know that that meant with full intention for my family to empower me. And they wanted to teach me humility. Nothing was more like, oh, be anything in the world, be successful. But please, please do not shame us by being unhumble, right? Do not give up your humility. That's so confusing to me along the way. 
because I stopped myself anytime I allowed myself to witness my celebration of success. It was quickly like, remember where you came from. Don't forget your roots. Don't be unhumble. You know, don't be um, boasting. All of those things stop mm-hmm. me from um, allowing myself to see myself. And I think that when we can allow ourselves to say, sometimes in celebration and in success, my shadow version was running the way. And sometimes this success marker was actually rooted in constructs that weren't um, all the way authentic or my way here wasn't always authentic. And sometimes um, I could see the beauty and my mission coming to fruition. And I could see the beauty of what my culture and what they've taught me shining through and how I was honoring them. And um, so the opportunity to see all of me, all of what my culture was trying to teach me, uh, the way there was the act of compassion and the act of holding space and honoring wholeness if we can honor wholeness, I believe that brings us to unity. I believe that allows us to be much more compassionate with one another. I believe that brings us to peacefulness and grace. And from grace comes the opportunity for people to be seen, to be heard, and to thrive. And that's ultimately what I'm after, a world of thriving, a world of healed ancestors, people that are healed, that allow for generations and generations and for the earth to continue to sing with great joy and harmony. That's what I desire to live into. So to do that, I feel like I need to honor the toxins that float in the streams of our water and the sunlight and the other nutrients and the uh, all the different organisms that can help purify this water, help purify these nutrients and take me back to replenishment and rejuvenation that I may share with others and that others share with me. As you were speaking, I was just visualizing this stream that you were speaking about how I imagine it had layers of the stream like where it was flowing from place to place and I imagined our families being at the the end of the stream where it kind of um stops and kind of like occupies the big uh, occupies a big space mm. um and I just imagined like people from all generations speaking to us and saying like come on help me fish out this gunk yeah. <laughs> and then there's you there's me, there's each of our quiet rebels being like, I could help you fish out the skunk. Or let me just climb up there and see why it's even falling in. Mm, right? And for a moment, it's like, no, no, no. You like, this is what we do. We fish out the skunk. Mm. And yet there's that call to find where it starts, mm. to help stop it, to reduce it, to prevent it even if possible, mm. to stop all of the skunk. Mm. impacting generations before us and after us Mm. and that's it must be a lot 
to make that a conscious choice instead of because uh, you said you were operating from your shadow self at some points yeah. and sometimes that can feel feel easier because it's familiar mm. <laughs> and going into uncharted territories feels terrifying at times because we don't know what's there yeah. so I'd love to ask even I know that you've shared already that you've yearned for that joy for that sense of thriving was that the thing that made you choose the uncharted territory not knowing what you'd find but knowing that you'd rather do that than stay where you were I think uh, I <laughs> you can hear me you can hear my energy at my vocal cords and, and, and going back and forth at a door, right? Like, do I, open it? Do I not open it? Um, so here's what I'd like to speak into. And I want to be very careful and um, take a moment to, and you do this very well, to, to honor that the, the things I'm about to say may be triggering. Um, and that I may speak about things about life and um, ending life that could be challenging for individuals. So I would just take a moment if that conversation would be uh, challenging or that there wouldn't be an opportunity to just have reflection time after this, I would say um, to, to pause and to choose to honor the voice inside of yourself if you feel like that's the concern. Okay. How do yeah. you feel if I proceed? in that way thank you for asking um i will provide a contextual trigger warning towards the beginning of this interview so for those who may be impacted from these themes that you're about to mention i will be i'll be sure to mention it and i would like to turn the table there and say if you the person spe who's speaking into this feel that it would be helpful for you to share it um, and not, not share the detail where it could be triggering for you to relive it as you're speaking, then I invite you to share to whichever degree of comfort you feel is necessary to, to answer the question that I, I asked you earlier. But it's up to you if you mm. want to share it at all, if you or you'd rather if we steer past this, if it's not an area that you want to explore right now. Mm, thank you. Yeah. I am at a place where I am able to talk about um, my journey of my life um, and my journey of not wanting to choose life for most of my life um, <laughs> in a, from a place of... Um, truth from a place of, dare I say it, pride, um, and from a place of incredible, incredible gratitude, and from a place of wanting and desiring to be a contribution and to help unify those that may 
experienced or have been experiencing or have this, had this in their past. So to go back to, you know, your question, um, which I hope I can, I can reflect appropriately, but I spent, my depression started at the age of where it really settled in around age 11. And it had, and I dealt with um, my, what I call an addiction with suicidal ideation. And I call it an addiction because it was just, I felt like it was my only answer to be able to untether. And I use that word specifically because what I do now is help people untether, <laughs> right? Um, but that's what I thought was my only way to untether, was to leave here. Now, I'm incredibly close to my family. I'm incredibly close to my sister and to my mother and multiple members, specifically my grandmother passed away by suicide. She had, that was the only choice she felt could bring her peace. And I just, every time I was at the brink of making that choice or following through with it. And I did have experiences where I took action a certain way. Something had me live. I believe that that was my ancestors helping me to come to this place where I help people untether from abandoning themselves in life and to clear generational cycles of harm and get to the root of where this harm even came from in the first place and to heal scarcity, this feeling that I wasn't enough that there wasn't enough, that there was just no way out of here, and that it would forever be a lack of thriving and wellness and peace. And so in that quest of like, I've got to stay here for my family, so what am I going to do with all this pain? It got me here. It got me to that curiosity of like, how will I live today? How will I choose life today? Even though it feels so challenging, how will I find out, find and hold on to my light so that I do not replicate harm and pain and grief for my family? And so, yeah, I think it was family love. I think it was that there's got to be another way to peace. Um, that's what led me here. I was compelled to make a different choice. And I believe I was helped by many, many seen and unseen sources. I believe love got me here. I'm just taking a moment to really appreciate how how that must have been for you. And I appreciate you for sharing to whichever degree you felt was appropriate or necessary for you to share 
the reason why you do what you do. And I think it's a beautiful thing what you do. Uh, that oh, I feel like it needs to be a quotable for this episode. It's um, <laughs> to untether from the desire to abandon or something like that. Um, you said it more way more articulately <laughs> and it's, it's in the transcript so we'll find it <laughs> but actually as you were speaking you've unknowingly helped me name what it very much was when I was also in that time in my life where I also thought the best way to peace would be to leave and what led me to that point of even thinking of making a decision like that was pressure mm. not being enough and feeling like I was letting my family unit down because my sister chose not to go to university because she had a different path for her. Yeah. But I know for my parents that they didn't have access to the education that my sister and I did have access to as soon as we were of age. So if I felt compelled to carry the torch from for my parents to do the things that they weren't able to, or went or didn't have access to which in that in this particular context was education at the university level mm -hmm. and a trauma occurred during my second year that made me feel like all of this wasn't worth it and the the push the desire from my well-meaning parents wanting the best for me because to them education was everything and it gives you access to opportunities that you otherwise would find challenging or near on impossible to have without it in the particular fields. And that was what it was at that pressure that led me to that point. But a part of me looked up, I felt compelled to look up because where in my office, I have some Polaroids of my partner and I. And my partner is the person who saved my life on the day where I was going to follow through. And I do not know how she managed. Um, I knew she was at least an hour away from me because back then uh, we didn't have a car. Um, we, we lived separately, we didn't have a car. Um, so she would have had to have taken a couple of buses if she had taken the usual amount of time that it normally would take from her house to where I was living, she wouldn't have made it in time. But somehow she got to me in 30 minutes. And to this day, I still thank her for saving my life. Because she did in many ways, not just physically, like stopping the method of choice, but helping me realize that was more to live for than simply 
getting this degree <laughs> at university there was more there are people who love and care about me that would hate to have learned that this is how I felt all this time so when I think about the generational cycles of harm what you said earlier about this huge this uh, need to be humble remember where you come from yeah I, I I can relate because that's also what I get told too to not celebrate too hard too big so I think um, something that you and I both learned about each other over the course of um, planning the Rooted Revolution with our wonderful co-host is the proactive choice to receive grace from others, to receive compliments, to receive joy from others. And I, I find my body like nearly clamping up and closing <laughs> when that comes like, oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't take this in. I, like, I'm not allowed this amount of joy. But you and I kind of hold each other accountable now. I was like, no, 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 you, 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 my love, deserve to open those arms and receive all of this goodness. Yeah. So these harm cycles can come from the best place but it may not have the best impact mm. Mm. yeah so I appreciate you sharing your story and thank you for helping me kind of find the, those unseen pieces that <laughs> felt like you're the incomplete picture for over the over 10 years mm. so thank you for that and for even coming to the table with this conversation today, because it is important to acknowledge the richness of where we come from, but also which parts we get to leave only in the past so we can create new cycles of joy and thriving for our, our generation, the previous generations who are with us still, and the future ones. Yeah, yeah. So you talk a lot about creating a compassionate economy together yeah so you invite us into this and I'd love to know for anyone who hasn't ever heard this beautiful string of words together in a single sentence what does that mean and how can we be a part of it how can we contribute to it how can we receive from it that's what I'd love to round off our conversation today about how we can co-create this together yeah thank you yes um you know it's it's interesting that today we've talked so much about or the visuals as you were speaking um have really brought me back to that like connection with nature and these ecosystems right and so much uh, of the work that i'm doing is um, you know, being able to declare that you are the healed ancestor and that you belong to this declaration of um, choosing your own truth, your peacefulness, having being that tree with the all the leaves 
open to receive that sunlight and to nourish yourself. And then by doing so and, and honoring who you are in the ecosystem, you work in synergy, in symbiotic relation with one another for the entire grove of trees and plants and um, flowers and, and animals to delight in, to thrive in, to be alive within. And um, this whole, my connection with nature and looking at nature's wisdom and connecting to my own ancient wisdom uh, and the teachings of my, of my culture, our culture, um, that wholeness experience, that coming together, that synergy, that honoring. Um, I feel like, well, can we do this in economic systems? Can we come together and honor each other's unique gifts and work in a symbiotic way to create thriving for ourselves that benefits all? Can we create a compassionate economy, honoring the wholeness, the totality of what's here and together helping to uplift ourselves from the circumstances, which I believe are oppressive circumstances and constructs that we can see together, look at together, notice how we have condoned them together, how we've been harmed by them and have harmed others also through it and that we can cleanse, purify, and bring back integrity in our values and create this really beautiful um, exchange, sacred exchange, sacred exchange in our communication, sacred exchange in our relationship and sharing of ideas with one another, um, sacred exchange of commerce, uh, sacred exchange of gifts and offerings, sacred exchange of our own individual truths, sacred exchange of our light and the light that we allow ourselves to grace ourselves with. So yeah, um, I am curious about what a compassionate economy looks like because I have seen that I can work in various healthcare spheres and I can support somebody with their well-being, but it doesn't sustain if the constructs, if the economy is corrupt, if they have to go back to a job that depletes their well-being, I can't get to the root of he helping them heal themselves. So this is what brought me here. I want to help create a compassionate economy, an economy that centralized joy, that centralized well-being. What does that look like? And can I, by doing that, by inquiring that with other individuals, by bringing all sorts of unique minds and spirits together to see what's possible, maybe I will be able to fulfill this deep mission, which is to create an ease of suffering to create wellness and joy, thriving and unity. That's what brings me back to this inquiry. And I don't know what it looks like. I have no <laughs> idea because I'm still learning how to be compassionate to myself, have my own ecology with my body, with my mind, with my thoughts, with my beliefs to be a compassionate exchange, sacred exchange, and that I live into that and expand from it. But like we both have had beautiful, wonderful people in our lives that have brought us such love, that have wanted us to be alive and to live into something beautiful together. I hope that that 
will call in and that we together will create an economy that is one of thriving, one of absolute compassion and care. Um, I want that. I hold the vision for that. And I look forward to uniting with others that hold facets of that vision too within themselves. Yeah. I can't help but smile through it every time. I'm like, woo! It makes me just so excited about what my, my nieces, my nephews, other beings, um, human beings will be able to live into. What does that garden, what does that forest, what does that land look like? Oh, I want to see it. That's the paradise I want to live into. I think we, we've used a lot of metaphors in today's uh, conversation. Mm -hmm. And I feel that this last one would be perfect to, to help describe this. Because it's clear that we can sustainably expand when we are whole not fragmented within ourselves yeah. and um so i'm gonna credit my friend mike kim who's the one who shared this quote <laughs> and i thought oh yes that that right here and it's how we actually rounded off our rooted revolution as well the quote is a candle does not lose anything when it lights another. Mm. And from that, I envision how many candles have been put out by ourselves or by other people because shining too brightly seems so dangerous mm. to light whatever this darkness is. But actually, if we were to keep our light and to spark another and another and another we light up the entire space together. Yeah. And that is how I envision what a compassionate economy looks like, yeah. where we do not dim in order to, we do not dim others in order for us to be perceived as brighter. What if we actually are brighter by not dimming ourselves and also just tapping on the shoulders of the people before us, after us, next to us, surrounding us, that we help them shine their light too, but not dimming ourselves in the process. And I think that's a beautiful vision to hold. And I can see why, of course, you'd be smiling <laughs> the whole way through sharing that because it's a beautiful vision that I invite everyone who's listening right now, myself included, <sighs> to be a part of. Thank you. So thank you so much for all that you shared today, Natasha. And this kind of conversation is incredibly nuanced. It is not linear by any means. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone who's listening, who has been, because to describe where I'm feeling, I feel like I'm in the ocean, just flowing along with the current. For anyone who is also feeling that, but also knows that they need to find a boat <laughs> um, in order to just to kind of find that sense of grounding in this flow state, so to speak, where can we get started within ourselves 
to find that light within us to find our way home. What would you say there? Inquiry, I think it's about asking questions. What does home mean to you? Do you want home to feel like? Where have you found home? Um, who in your life reminds you of home? All of those questions, I think inquiry is the way, is the first step, is honoring the questions that are bubbling inside of you um, and to see how that takes you, you know, um, how it brings you back to your own answers within, to your own knowing. May I take a moment and just read something to you? Of okay. course. And you can choose to keep it or not, so. Being at home, where is that exactly? Where one was born, where one grew up, where your family originated from? What if they migrated over time, over lineages to new and distant lands, where then is my origination? What is home? Here's the answer I've come up with so far. Home is the one in which my spirit resides within this body, this vessel, in this space and time. I'm grateful to be hosted within its frame and I hear her whisper that she too is grateful for me. Being home is ineffable peacefulness. Being home is a state, a choice to feel the privilege of comfort and safety and where I may be fully myself within this forgiving, compassionate container. Being home is a settling into the knowing that I and you are already everything that we've ever needed to be. We have it all right here, right now, right here, right now, in a space that welcomes us and that we are welcomed by. Why wouldn't I keep that? <laughs> oh, I'm keeping it in the recording. <laughs> mm, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for today. Of course. And for anyone who's listening right now, thinking, I don't want this to end. <laughs> I, I need some Natasha in my life. Where can they go to connect with you to learn more about what you do and your own offerings and your business as well? Share us all the links and don't worry about spelling because I'll be sure to pop that into the show notes. So just let us know where we can find you. Yes, you can find me. Uh, my website is drnatasha.net. And you can find me on Instagram, Dr. Natasha Gossam Paris. Um, is my handle. And if some of the things today spoke to you, if you would like to learn more about what it is to embody being a healed ancestor, um, I'll provide you with the, with the link so somebody could explore that and a, a, 
an offering, a gift of a hypnosis recording that allows you to connect with nature and with the exploration, the curious way of exploring what being a healed ancestor is. And so I'll provide you with the link for that. Of course. Yes, I'll pop all of those things in the show notes, my lovely. So if you're listening like, oh, wait, I, where is that? Don't worry. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. So I have one final question for you, Natasha. Are you ready? Mm, yes. So this podcast is called The Quiet Rebels. And I'm always fascinated to know which thread to pull on that draws you here. So I'd love to ask you, what makes you a quiet rebel? That I am willing, despite cultural narratives or societal narratives, or anybody else's narrative, I am willing to honor my true self, to honor the truth within me. And I feel like as a quiet rebel, um, we've been so conditioned to lose our truth or trust or um, to give up on ourselves or to abandon ourselves. And I feel like as a quiet rebel, I say, we don't have to do it with force. We don't have to do it with cruelty or unkindness. We don't have to adopt the, the way to create change in the ways that we've been shown. We can do it by gracefully owning our truth and to allow ourselves to live into like honoring that truth and amplifying that truth in these beautiful ways. And I think about that when I, I feel like the Quiet Rebels community feels like a space that honors me and allows me to be myself because it's about um, not me being anything different than what I am and mm. that it is a community of grace and compassion. So in that, I feel like that's how I am a quiet rebel. I do it with compassion and I go against the grain um, in some, sometimes um, against all the narratives that say that that isn't something that's possible, that I can't live into a compassionate economy, that I can't choose my own truth and live by that, that I have to adopt every other way of model of success. I don't, and I see it here and I feel the empowerment um, with others here with you yeah mm. what a beautiful way to wrap up this conversation thank you so much for sharing what being a quiet rebel means to you and to hear that you feel that this is a place where you feel you get to be honored for you and not being not feeling like as that you need to be anyone else but you that is a true honor so thank you so much for sharing that with us and all of your wisdom and your your stories that you shared today I appreciate you so so deeply and I I there's no there's nothing in my mind that makes me ask why are we friends I know <laughs> I know why we're friends <laughs> So, Natasha, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence today. And thank you for being in our earbuds, not just now. And I just want to say thank you from me to you. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you.
Thank you for being my friend too. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode of the Quiet Rebels podcast today. For any links that have been mentioned in the episode, you can absolutely find them in the show notes below. And two final things before we wrap up for today. Number one, if you do like the vibe and you're pretty new here and you're thinking, hmm, I actually might want to stick around to see what else comes up here, then I totally invite you to hit the subscribe button. And number two, if you'd like to invite your friends and to help me spread the word to other Quiet Rebels out there who have yet to find our incredible community then it would really help if you would leave us a review so whichever app you're listening to this episode on all you'd need to do is scroll to the bottom and there will be an option to write a review any words will be incredibly appreciated so thank you so much in advance if you decide to do that that's everything for today so thank you again for joining us and i hope that you join us next time so until then bye for now